verses 1, 1 through 5. Okay. How's this? Is that better? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and the darkness was all over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Thank you for reading, brother. It's a month of, it's July 30th today, is that right, the 30th? So tomorrow's August 1st, is that right? No, 31st. 31st, so August is in two days. Okay, here's my question. Well, I'll, I'll do it, I'll, okay, do it this, this way. Who here had a birthday in July? Let me see hands. Got a few of us. All right, all right. Okay. How many have birthdays in August coming up? Oh, August. How old are you turning, girl? Yeah. Yeah, how old are you to be? 17. That's a good age. 17 is a good age. I won't ask anybody else because we're older. Um, now, when you're, when you're young, when you're young, birthdays are awesome. When you're young, birthdays are the best. Like my son is turning eleven in like, man, in like twelve days, and he's pumped for his birthday party. Invited all his buddies to come over. It's cake and ice cream. When you get older, birthdays are less cool because we don't do inviting of friends, the eating of cake and ice cream. But my my father-in-law, my wife's father, when he turned fifty years old, he threw the biggest birthday of his life. He literally spent a year turning this part of his property into an amphitheater. He literally took tractors and like paved an upward hill. He put seats in. He took reclaimed lumber from old like old barns and he built this massive place to hold like to cover a band. He built an amphitheater and on his 50th birthday had a massive concert on his property. My kids sang that concert. They were younger then. They were probably six and five, and they sang, um, not this little light of mine, not my little buttercup. They sang, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, and it was the cutest thing ever. Now, that property my father owned up there, my father-in-law, there was this massive house up there, okay? And this house was beautiful. This house, the great room, had floor-to-ceiling windows looking out into the forest. Incredible. They lived, my wife grew up, on a Christmas tree farm. So the windows looked out into the Christmas trees. It's awesome. There was a gigantic fireplace, biggest I've ever seen. I used to love coming up to the tree farm. And like a dog, I would like sleep in front of the fireplace and curl up. Because when the fire's going, it's just like, I wake up in the, I wake up in the middle of the night when the fire went out, you'd be all cold. Like, oh. um, but there was a, there was a, in, in the back of the room, there was, a, uh, there was a bookshelf. And there was a special lever. You, if you knew it, you'd click it. And the bookshelf would swing open a hidden door to a hidden room. This house was awesome. And the kids asked the question, Dad, where'd this house come from? I'm like, oh, kids. Grandpa Bob built it. When he was a young man, first got married, he had a little trailer out there, and he built that bad boy with his own hands. How awesome is that? 
But as kids grow up, they ask these questions. Where'd that come from? Where'd this come from? Where'd that car come from? From Detroit. Where, you know, where'd, where'd the birds come from? Where do babies come from? Where does fruit come from? And eventually, the question will be asked by children, where does the world come from? Like all this stuff, where does it come from? And in our world, there are two answers to that question. On one side, there are people who don't believe in God at all. And if you ask them, where did the world come from? They would describe something called the Big Bang Theory. They would say that all these 17 billion years ago, all the elements of the universe were tightly packed in a little ball, super condensed, and that ball exploded and threw elements across the universe. They say the, that's, where the, that's where the universe started, is in that Big Bang Theory, that, that ball of dense, packed elements blasting out everywhere. It was an accident. It was chance. The fact that some of those elements combined to create life is just we got lucky on a dice roll, okay? There's no purpose. It just happened. And then you have what us Christians say, how where we came to be. We say there's a creator. We say someone made all this. That this is not an accident. There's a purpose. That this doesn't just happen. We say things like, you can't buy a box of Legos, shake that box up, open it, and the spaceship's already made. We, that's what we say. We say there's purpose and design to this universe. Now listen. In our modern world, most people believe in the Big Bang Theory over creation. And a lot of Christians, we have one of two responses to the Big Bang Theory. Some Christians make fun of it. We're not going to do that today. There's a lot of brilliant people who believe that. Carl Sagan is not a dumb person. I wouldn't want to debate that guy. He's dead now, but when he's alive, I wouldn't want to debate that guy. I'm not a scientist. He is. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a brilliant dude. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to fight that guy. We're not going to mock people who think differently than we do. As people, it's very easy to mock those we disagree with. If you mock those you disagree with, you can't have conversation, can you? If you're just mean to everybody, you can't talk about stuff. We're not here. If you're here and you believe that, I'm not going to be mean to you today. So gay for you. We're not going to mock that theory. At the same time, I'm not going to live in fear of that theory either. A lot of Christians I know, they think the unbelievers have all the steak and all the steak knives. All the bullets and all the guns. A lot of Christians are like, well, they're really smart and we're really dumb. So we try to like snuggle up to them and believe their things and leave our things. Listen. The Christian answer for the origin of the universe is not a dumb stand. We have some brilliant people on our team too. Albert Einstein believed in a creator. That dude's not stupid. <laughs> Aristotle believed there was a God. And he wrote, Aristotle was like this great philosopher dude. There are brilliant people 
who, who believe like we believe. We don't have to walk around ashamed because we believe what God says. So, what is the Christian position on where the world comes from? We go to Genesis chapter 1. And it begins as follows. In the beginning, God. That's how it starts. I'm going to stop right there. In the beginning, God. The first thing that must be true if God is creator, if God made all this stuff, then God is eternal. If God is creator, then God must be eternal. That means he's forever. He's before, he's before me, he's before my daddy, before my grandmama. He is back before all those stories. Now listen, I'm Mexican, okay? And my mom did an Ancestry.com thing. You ever, you ever heard of that thing? You send your blood in, they take it, they look at your blood. And I knew what it would say. I knew what it would say. So our blood comes back. And our, as Mexican, our blood comes from two places. First, it's, I think it's Aztec. Because northern Mexico, Aztec kingdom was there. Um, the people still live there. In the mountains, there's a Nahuatl people in the mountains still, and they're a short people. They're short, they're stout, they have a crazy language, not Spanish. It's called Nahuatl. There's clicks in it. It's crazy, it's crazy. So half my blood is Aztec, and half my blood is Spanish. Because the Spaniards came over, right, and conquered that part of Mexico. And they killed all the soldiers, and they took so many wives, a new people were born. These half, half Aztec, half Spanish, big, tall, brown people called Mexicans. We're not all tall. <laughs> but that's where my blood comes from. I can follow my, my history to the Aztec people and across the ocean to the Spanish people. And before the Aztecs and before the Spanish, guess what? God was. Before Babylon, before Persia, before Rome, before the great Chinese dynasties. Anyone here been to the Grand Canyon? Anyone been to Grand Canyon? A few of us. It truly is grand. Like, no lie. When I went to the Grand Canyon, I remember walking up to the edge. And I remember feeling in my stomach, almost that feeling of riding a roller coaster. When you go down the hill and your stomach goes up into your throat, it felt like that. And I came up to the finish, because it's, it's, it's hard to tell you how high in the air you are. You look down, there are eagles below you flying. Eagles are flying underneath your feet. They have nests below you. There are clouds hundreds of feet below where you're standing. It's freaky. And that beautiful, it took a river who knows how many years to cut through the mountain to get that far down. When that earth was flat, before the river cut it down into the earth, God was there. God is eternal. He was before us. He's, my wife is a painter. She's an artist. In our basement, we have some paintings she made, and they're, they're really cool. She will see something in her mind, and she will paint the things she sees. That painting is beautiful to look at. We cherish it. We take care of it. But that painting is different than Angie. The creator is different than the created thing. 
The painting don't talk. The painting don't walk. The painting don't pay bills. You know what I'm saying? Angie, Ken, um, God created this, but he's not bound in the stuff he made. He's above and beyond the created thing. He's eternal. If God is creator, God is eternal. If God is creator, it means that God is almighty in power. God is almighty in power. Listen to what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now I'm a decently big, strong guy. De- not, not, I'm not Arnold, but I'm decently big and strong, okay? This week at VBS, we had to carry stuff up in the basement every day except for vacation Bible school. I have this thing I do whenever I pick up heavy things. This is, I don't know why I do it. If I pick up something big and pick it up, I make a noise. I grunt, I, listen, it doesn't have to be that heavy. Sometimes a gallon milk's enough. You make a noise to to, to show the effort of your strain. So yesterday, I was carrying a big tent up the stairs. I had it on my shoulder. And one of my go-to noises that I make is uh, I make a raspberry. You guys know what a raspberry is? I'm I'm walking, I'm like, and I, I, I just make that sound. I do it all the time. My daughter was like, Dad, why do you always do that when you lift something? And I'm like, listen, when I use my strength, when I use my power, when I strain myself, I have to make some kind of noise. It's why I hate looking out at Planet Fitness. Because they have a lunk alarm. And if you put up too heavy a weight and you grunt, an alarm goes off. Right? You guys know this? They have a lunk alarm for big, str- big strong meatheads to make us feel bad. So when I use strength, I have to grunt and strain and try. The Bible says that when God creates the world, it's not his, like, it's not his max bench press, like, oh, light, raw. That's how he does it. He speaks it into being. His power is, is we can't comprehend that level of authority. He speaks, and the thing, matter obeys his word. What did the apostles say? When they saw Christ speak to a storm, and the storm stopped, they said, what manner of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's an authority we can't understand. That's power. If we saw it in real life, would freak us out. God made these rules. God, he made the universe, and he put into the universe, he put rules like gravity. The sun rises and the sun goes down. It rises in the east, goes down in the west. Is that right? Yeah. Boy Scouts. I wasn't in Boy Scouts. Um, so it goes up, goes down. But God Almighty, even though he made all these rules, God, he can break the rules too, and he does sometimes. Sometimes, Cancer is to come and eat us up, and sometimes it just goes away. God's allowed to break his own rules. We can pray to him and say, God in heaven, I need you to come down here and break these rules for me. There's a story in the Bible where Joshua is in war, 
and the sun is going down. And Joshua is just starting to win the fight. And he's like, man, when the sun goes down, we got to stop fighting. If only I had like another hour of daylight, we'd smoke these fools. And he prays to God. And it says, God stops the sun in the sky. He breaks the rules. We can pray to God Almighty because God who made this, God who built this, is allowed to do things differently. Break the rules as he sees fits. We can go to God and ask for his help. If God is creator, then God is almighty in power. He's almighty in power. Third, if God is creator, then God is good. Amen. So God, six days, God takes stuff and he forms it and fills it and he makes the earth habitable for humanity. And after every day he does stuff, you know what he says? This is good. Every day, this is good. At the end of chapter 1, at the end of chapter 1, after six days of creation, he says, and God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. A good God makes good things. If you come to my house, I'm having these uh, barbecues at my house this month called Dinner at Nesto's. People signed up for it already. If you come to my house and go to my kitchen, I built my kitchen. I had some help, but I was the, the lead builder. And I had to do all the mudding myself. Well, I, a lot of the mudding myself. Mudding is an art. Mudding drywall is an, it requires patience and finesse. I have neither of those things. If you go to my house, look at my walls, you will see where I try to seek and just force something to happen. I didn't wait long enough for stuff to dry. My ceiling, which I did most myself, is terrible. I look at my ceiling all the time and like, man, look how bad that ceiling is. The product speaks of the creator. That, that ceiling was done by someone who had no talent and no patience. That's all you can see my fault in my creation. Straight up. When God makes the world, because he is good, the world he makes is good. And it is good. The world he made is good. It's so good that right now, in my lifetime, we have learned just how important God's creation really is. For example, in Michigan, we have big, long winters, don't we? And the sky is gray for three to five months. And there's a thing they call, it's called SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder, SAD. It's so gray, you'll get depressed. It's a, listen, they have looked at this biologically, sunshine on the skin actually nourishes the soul. It nourishes the body. Being outside, we need to be in God's creation to function correctly. A lot of us, listen, if you're a desk, if you work the desk, if you play a lot of video games, watch TV all the time, if you don't go outside, you're missing out on God's creation. And God's creation, it's meant to sustain and help us. When I had, when I had COVID, and I was on the edge of dying, I would literally, I had very little strength. I would force myself off the couch I'd walk outside and fall down in my front yard. 
and I'd lay there for hours in the sun. The it freaked the neighbors out. Big old guy dying in the front yard. I'm serious. I was the first guy in my neighborhood that had COVID. It freaked everybody out. My wife would go out there and like plant flowers and weed. And I'd just be laying on the ground because I was like Superman. I just needed to be in the sun to absorb that strength, you know? And it helped me survive. I needed to be out. And listen, being out in God's goodness is good for our soul. Listen, you know how many good gifts we get in God's creation? My kids go to my grandparents' house, or the grandparents' house, Angie's parents, and they have wild strawberries on the vine all up and down this one fence. And my kids go, and they eat, they eat some raspberries. Their mouths are all, like, stained. Their fingers are all stained. They love it. When I was a kid, my grandma used to have pear trees. I used to go to the pear trees and pull pears off. They were the juiciest, sweetest pears I ever did eat. These are gifts from the Lord. You ever had like a dog or a cat? And that dog or cat loves you? And you love it? And like, you listen. I'm not going to be mean, but I'm going to say this this way. We got a dog in my house. My kids literally every night go to that dog and say, I love you, Sonny. Give the dog kisses. And I'm like, I'm your dad. You can say something good night to me. I'm, I, I pay the bills, man. I, I, I buy you things. I protect you. They're like, Shh, leave us alone, Dad. Oh, it's Sonny. I love you. It's like, it's, they love that dog. When that dog passes away, they are going to cry their hearts out. That dog's part of our, our, part of our, little, our, our little family. You know, straight up. And that, so here's the deal. These things, God, he, God made a good world for us. And it is good. But the, the question then is this. If the world is good, how come there's bad things happening in the world right now? Like in creation, there's bad things happening right now. This last Wednesday, we almost had tornadoes. Last week, Davidson had hail the size of softballs. I had a buddy of mine, his, his car like had three thousand dollars of damages from hail dude down south in phoenix they've had 30 days over 110 degrees they have wildfires all over the world there's so many fires in greece had to evacuate entire islands for the fires shark attacks are on the rise all over the south near the where the ocean meets the land why there's floods happen and wash families away? If God made a good world, how come this good world can kill us sometimes? It's because sin entered the world. This good thing God made has been broken by sin. And someday, God is going to restore this good creation. He is. The Bible says at the end of all things, the lion will lay down with the lamb. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. A lion, this big, monstrous cat, laying down next to its prey and their friends, not adversaries. God says, the Bible says that creation groans, longing for release. When God makes this world anew, no more tornadoes, no more earthquakes, no more hurricanes. God's going to fix this world that's broken. Christ came to save our souls, and he's also going to redeem this entire world, this entire planet we live upon. And I'm going to say this to us right now. 
and this may make me unpopular. When God made the world and made humanity, he gave humanity a job. He told us to take care of his creation. That was our job. In Flint, we have seen what happens when you don't care for the earth, haven't we? Our water was poisoned. And it hurt a lot of people. Our kids are paying the penalty for our foolishness. I know some Christians, they think, well, the world's going to burn, so who cares if I pollute it? I've heard business owners who dump their business chemicals in rivers say, the world's going to end anyway, who cares if I poison this river? Listen, we're called by God to care for creation. We don't pollute this world. We don't torture animals. Can we kill animals to eat them? Yeah, we can. In humane ways, not cruel or awful ways. I have a dog. If you saw me beat my dog, would you judge my character? And you should. God said, you don't, you don't hurt this stuff. You care for this stuff. And so we do. So some applications. Because God is creator, here's some truth for us. One, our God is powerful. Go to him in prayer. He's good. He cares what you're going through. He cares what you're going through. He does. His creation is good. So I tell you, go outside a little bit. As Americans, we love staying inside all day, watching TV, playing video games. Go outside. God's world is awesome. We need to be in it. And I'll say lastly, this world God made, we're called to protect it. Protect it. If you're here and you're a litter bug, stop it. Our city has trash all over the place. Stop adding to the problem. When I pull up to the church, I got in my car, I pick trash up these days. I used to be a litter bug. I used to. I'd get McDonald's, I'd eat my food, and I'd throw the whole bag out the window. I was that guy. If people get mad at me, I'm like, what you going to do? <laughs> and then I moved to India where everybody throws their trash on the street. And I watch the world get buried by trash. And I watch wild pigs eat that trash and reproduce like infinitely. And I'm like, this is terrible. I want the grass to be green. I want trees to grow. I want the earth not to look like an apocalypse. So now I don't throw trash out my window. I pick stuff up. I want our city. I want our neighborhoods. I want our world's to be beautiful the way God intended them to be. Let's care for the creation God gave us. So with that said, let's go ahead and pray together. Father in heaven, so much for your word that is true. You are creator. You are the unmoved mover, the uncaused cause. You spoke this world into being, and here it is, O oh Lord. Help us to trust in your power. You are powerful, Lord. Help us to remember your good. Help us to enjoy this good world you made. And Lord, you gave us dominion over this creation. Help us take care of this world you have made. It's our job to care for this place. To grow, to care, Lord. Love you very much, Jesus. Go with us out into the world. In Christ's name we ask these things.
Amen.